Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. Before we get into the stories, this one is a dark one, and I need to give a trigger warning for story number one, as it mentions rape. And it doesn't actually happen in this story, it just mentions it. So, it's up to you if you want to continue listening. All that being said though, I hope you enjoy today's stories. And if you have your own story, you can send it at southerncannibal.com, link in the description. And without any more interruptions, let's get into the stories. And remember to always stay hungry. This story covers topics of rape and grooming. Discretion advised. So, I was around 10 or 11 when this happened. At the time, I was friends with another girl who was my brother's age, only around a year or so older. For her own privacy reasons, we'll call her Elaine. At the time, she only lived around the corner from me, so I would walk to her house all the time. One night, I decided to go around to Elaine's house for the night. One of my biggest mistakes. I say this because this led to being very vulnerable at a very young age, leading to a decline in my own mental health at around 11, also being detained in a psychiatric hospital against my will for the first time at 14. Anyways though, back to the story. We decided to go to a meagle like every kid at sleepovers did. We came across a man with dark hair and a scruffy beard. He gave us a very creepy ear-to-ear -ear smile that sent chills down my spine. Elaine and I got to talking with this man, and he seemed very friendly at the time. He asked for our Snapchat accounts, and Elaine accepted. They went on to talking for the rest of the night on Snapchat while I fell asleep, unaware that she had left her Snapchat location on. At around 2 in the morning, I was then woken up to Elaine shaking me violently. She went on to explain how she had given the man our town name. I don't want to get into where I lived at the time, because it's quite a small town, and my family and I still live here to this day. But the man then explained how he was going to come to our house and rape us, and that he didn't live that far away. We watched as his bit moji got closer and closer to where Elaine's house was, not even thinking at the time to turn it off. We were starting to panic, but we didn't want to wake up Elaine's mom because we thought she would be mad at us for going on Omegle. After a while, we started to calm down, but we were way too scared to go back to sleep. This didn't last very long. Maybe around an hour later, we hear a car pull onto the side of the road. We lived on a very quiet road, and only on the very odd occasions would you ever hear someone driving past after around 9pm. Never mind at around 4 in the morning. We gave each other a panicked look, and Elaine ushered me to peek out the window. I froze. It was that same man. My blood went cold, and I couldn't move. I watched him go into the front garden and around to the back. I didn't know what to do. I explained the situation to Elaine, and she freaked out. Just then, we heard a noise from downstairs. I went pale. What I did next was one of the biggest mistakes I ever made. We decided to creep down the stairs and peek over the stair railing. 
Elaine has a glass sliding back door into the kitchen, which has a massive opening into the living room. That meant that when we peeked our head over the stairs, he saw us. He started banging on the glass door, and we screamed. We ran into Elaine's parents' room and then explained the whole situation. Elaine's dad then went downstairs with a torch and a knife, and he then went out the back and searched for the man while Elaine's mom comforted us. The man was nowhere to be seen, and the car out front was gone. Elaine's family called the police and then my parents to come pick me up. I explained the whole situation to them, and as you can imagine, they totally freaked out. At a later day, we had the police come around to our house to ask questions about the incident. I told the policeman everything that happened, and he said he would get back to us. Later that day, we called the police to explain that Elaine had unfriended this man and also deleted Snapchat in a panic. So we didn't have much information on the man, and there really wasn't much else they could do, meaning this man still roams free, and he never had any consequences for his actions. I still have flashbacks from that night, and I will never forget the fear I felt. This was quite a few years back then, and I've mostly gotten over that specific incident, but I've never been back to Elaine's house since. For the sake of privacy, I'm going to be changing everyone's names, including mine. I've been on the internet for a long time, and I was allowed access without supervision at a very early age. Due to this, and the fact that I sometimes have difficulty making friends in person, I made many online friends. Toby and I met when I was 13 and he was 14. We gamed all the time and we even exchanged Discord usernames to keep in contact. From there, the two of us became really close. We talked nearly every single day for about four years. We got to the point where we had each other's numbers, and we had even FaceTime sometimes, depending on our schedules and such. Unfortunately, the two of us started drifting apart. I tried keeping in contact with them, but eventually, communication was sparse and the only way we ever interacted would be when he watched my Instagram stories. I always found it a bit weird how he'd watch my Instagram stories literally seconds after I posted them. Now, I myself have accidentally clicked on someone's story, only to see if they posted it seconds prior, but this guy was consistently watching within 10 to 15 seconds every time. I began to wonder if he'd turn on post notifications for me. Normally, I wouldn't bat an eye, but this was someone who at this point, I spoke to maybe once every three weeks or so. Anyways, a few months passed at this point. I had another online friend that I had already known for a year and a half. The two of us were really close, and one day we decided to make a circle on Life360. If you're unaware of what that is, it would basically allow us to see each other's locations with the click of a button. It was just something we thought would be funny so we could judge each other when we were constantly out for fast food or something. She had already had the app, but I had never actually used it before, so I had to install it and create an account. However, when I typed in my phone number, the app had told me that I couldn't reuse the same number for a pre-existing account. My first thought was that maybe the person who had my number before me created the account. So, since it was linked to what is now my number, 
I used their text feature to grant me access to the account. I reset the password and began to snoop around through the information. So you can imagine my shock when I saw the account was linked to an email written as Toby with his last name at gmail.com. I was so confused. Why had he made an account with my phone number? I thought about it for a bit and I came to the conclusion then he probably thought that if the account was created with my phone number, it would then trace me rather than his own phone that the app was installed on. Despite not talking for nearly half a year, I looked through my Instagram followers and immediately DM'd him, asking why the hell he had created an account with my phone number. It was clearly him. Not only did I recognize his email, but for God's sake, it had his first and last name on it. I was honestly surprised to see that he had responded within seconds. He denied it entirely, and he said he didn't even know what the app was. Could there be a chance it was somebody else? Maybe. But I genuinely doubt anyone else had both access to my number and his email. None of the people I knew in person at the time even knew Toby existed, and he was in a similar situation. I have no doubt in my mind that this guy was trying to track my location. About a week or two after the altercation, I then blocked him on all of my social media and his number as well. All in all, my message to everyone is to always be careful with the people on the internet. You may think you know someone after years of chatting and over hundreds of hours worth of phone calls and face calls, but you don't. I've had a couple of stalkers. The one that freaked me out the most was in a whole nother country, and we never met. We met on a website for pen pals. As I stated, he lived in another country. Our conversations were honestly great. He developed feelings for me really fast, and I liked him very much in the beginning as well. Our relationship became sexual in nature, and we made plans to meet, etc., I was concerned with some things that I considered to be red flags, which was also confirmed by my friends and family, and I decided to back off a bit. Well, he didn't like that at all. I was super beta about everything, trying to keep the peace without hurting and losing my friend, so I started lying to him out of fear. He'd interrogate me for hours about where I was going or who I was with. If I ever went to a party, He'd both ask if I slept with anyone, and then he'd say he kind of hoped I had so I could tell him how the sex was. It was honestly getting to just be too much. I was no longer interested in him romantically or sexually, but I would still engage with him sexually because I was afraid of him. In the meantime, I met and fell in love with my current significant other, who was absolutely beautiful. The stalker was obsessed with everything about our budding relationship and would it leave me be. I realized finally that the stalker made me feel disgusting and that I shouldn't be involved with someone who I was afraid of and disgusted by. I told him I didn't want to hear from him ever again, but he ignored me. My new significant other contacted him and told him to leave me alone. He actually tried to interrogate my significant other about the nature of our relationship, but they shut him down. I blocked him on everything. I realized that he was still reading my blog, so I then deleted that as well. He made new email accounts and Facebook accounts constantly. 
He relentlessly Googled me and my significant other. When he elicited no response from us, he started sending my significant other screenshots of times we had been sexual. I was mortified, but since I had been 100% honest with my significant other, it didn't break us up. But as you can imagine, my significant other was obviously incensed and disgusted. We never responded to anything he sent. To my knowledge, he still sometimes creeps on us, but after that, everything mostly stopped. I know that he's thousands of miles away, and I've had stalkers who are in my immediate area, but he still scares me the most. So this is my first time posting, even as a longtime fan, and I've only recently joined Reddit. I'm hoping to share a bit just to get it out. Strangely, I always seem to attract horrible events. This is about the first stalker I ever had. Little known to 13-year-old me that I'd have many more to come. When I was 13, I was in a long-distance relationship with an incredibly insecure 16-year-old. He had pushed me into getting an Xbox 360, then forbidding me from having any guy friends on it. Though back in 2010, it wasn't exactly easy to run into other lady gamers. So naturally, I had made friends of the male variety. During one of the many short-term breakups in that relationship, I ended up meeting a group of guys while playing Gears of War. They added me, and over the next couple of days, I'd play and chat with them. This one guy named Tweaker was one of the most vocal of the rambunctious group and he was immediately very flirty with me. Being the naive moron that I was back then, I figured he was always just joking around. We'd be playing and he'd follow me around maps, saying he'd protect me, or if he had the most kills in the game, then I'd have to tell him I loved him. Things like that. At this point, I had only known these guys for maybe about two days. Twigger left the party to get food, and his friends were all telling me that he definitely had a crush on me, but to not lead him on because he was a hacker. Let me just say that in my very short time of not only being a girl on Xbox, but it also being a time where if you logged into your friend's account and people called it hacking, I didn't believe that, nor did I think his flirting was anything more than joking. I really wish I had listened to their warning. Well, the next day, my boyfriend decided that he wanted to speak to me again. He saw me in the party with Tweaker and his friends, and he joined. He started calling me a whore and all that good stuff before getting kicked. Suddenly Tweaker's losing it, and he's then asking who the fuck that guy was. So I explained the situation, just for Tweaker to be genuinely confused. What? I thought I was your boyfriend. And I made the tragic mistake of giggling, thinking he was joking. Um, what's funny? You said you loved me. His tone was chillingly serious. His friends got quiet in the party, but sent me a message telling me to be careful with how I respond. What does that even mean? At the same time, my actual boyfriend's blowing up my phone with even more nonsense. Now on a rock in a hard place, drowning in confusion, I do the best that my 13-year-old self can do to defuse the situation. I try to clear things up with Tweaker, while also apologizing to everyone that I'm not allowed to talk to them anymore. From there, 
my boyfriend logged into my account and blocked them all. The next day, I then logged in to see 47 messages from Tweaker. These were the ramblings of a madman. Why did you block me? There's no way you're with a guy like that. I'd never treat you like that. Respond to me. I know you're reading this. I can get him to leave you alone. We can be together. We can be happy. Respond to me. If I can't get to you here, I'll find another way to reach you. I'm so confused and freaking out that my boyfriend will read all this and then start yelling at me again. Still not comprehending why this guy's being so serious. Later that night, I'm on a Skype call with my boyfriend. Suddenly a message then pops up. There you are. Who the hell's Gene? How are they messaging me when I haven't even added anyone? So I asked. It's Tweaker, duh. I told you I'd reach out. I then blocked him immediately. Then instantly, I also got a message on Facebook from Gene, aka Tweaker. I can get to you here too, love. Blocked again. Then my phone vibrates. There's no way in hell, right? We'll be together soon. If I wasn't freaking out yet, I definitely was now. How is he doing this? Fuck, when they said hacker, is this what they meant? Stupidly, I then tell my boyfriend, and he's yelling at me. And of course, he then blocks me. The usual. Now in tears, my phone is ringing. Reflexively, I answer. What's wrong, baby? What's going on? I reply back with, I'm not your baby. I don't even know you. Leave me alone. I'm going to be 18 soon. Then I can come down and take you away. We'll be together forever. I promise. I sat there speechless as he read off my address, as well as my middle school and names of my family members. Apparently, he was in the same state as my grandma, and he didn't live far away from her, which he eagerly let me know. I then hung up. What do I do? What the hell is this guy? Every day for the next month, he would call, text, and message on everything I had available to reach me. There was no blocking him. He'd just unblock himself. Do I change my password? Well, he'd get back in the next day and fly into a rage. Not once since that phone call did I ever respond. Yet every day he would let me know that he was coming and that he loved me more than life should allow him to. Then one day, he had called the house phone and my mother answered. Hey, your friend Jean is on the phone, she said. I lost it. Now, I hadn't told my mom anything about what was going on. And now this guy's calling my house? Talking to my mom? I'm done with this. I get on the phone with Gene, then telling him. Look, don't ever contact me again. There's something really wrong with you, and you need to get help. If you don't stop doing this, I'm going to the police. I'm really sick of your shit. He was kind of just silent for just a second. Then... In an erratic, breathless voice, he hissed. You fucking slut. I've done nothing but love you, you ungrateful whore. If you don't want to be mine anymore, then I'll give you to everyone else. And with that, he hung up. But of course, it was really dumb to think that that was the end. The following weeks, 
I received a massive influx of texts, calls, emails, and even letters from so many different people, only to find one email from Gene. He sent me four links to different websites, all under the links he wrote. If I can't have you, they can. And suddenly, it all made sense. He had posted not only my number, my email, and my damn address, but also my full name and pictures of me to some pedophile and human trafficking forums. I couldn't believe he went that far. I'm okay now, and nothing else furthermore happened. But holy shit, Gene, I really do hope you eventually got the help you so desperately needed.